0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Thanks so much, Biggs. Hey, Church. Really, this has all been made possible because of you guys. I mean, the work you've put in, the time, the, the giving, the sacrifice you've made. We just want to say a massive thank you to all of you. I hope you enjoy the space. I hope you make good use of it. I hope you enjoy the coffee. The coffee is on the house today. I uh, hope you enjoy that. Uh, also, just want to um, honor Bex, because she has literally done so much work around here for this project. Mo- of like Her and another one of our designers, Nikki McKay, she- they've designed all done all the interior design all the color choices all the lightings everything you see has come out of Bex's brain and so um I I, yes give it up she's just amazing um there's people coming up to me going Steve oh thank you so much congratulations I did nothing I the best thing I could do for this project was stay away so uh Vex has been carrying it, uh, it all and uh, doing an amazing, amazing job. And I uh, also want to just thank all our Dream Teamers who've made this moment happen. Come on, church, put your hands together. All the Dream Teamers, all those serving, They, they, they... The Dream Team has literally got in here on Thursday night to walk through the space, learn their jobs, they've pulled it all together, they have learned how to make coffee, they're like, they are just going for it, all right? So just um, just be super gracious to them, they've done an amazing, amazing job, we're learning a whole new space, there's a whole lot of stuff, we're still learning, we've still got to get sorted but man we're on the way Uh, obviously there's still a bit of work we're gonna do in this space as well Uh, we're gonna be adding a bit more seating we're gonna be replicating a bit of that over there and a bunch more stuff's gonna happen so we have still got a little bit of a way to go but we are well on the way and we're super super excited for that Uh, wanna honor all the people who've just been part of this journey and have uh, have shown up have cleaned have have done all the things you know between uh, the vision and the reality there's so many of you and we're just so so thankful for it and uh, uh, we will, once Replenish is done next weekend, I'm going to sleep. That's what we're going to do, because <laughs> we've been going uh, pretty, pretty intense for the last little while. Uh, but I also want to let you know that at the end of the service, we're going to be receiving a missions offering for our work in Pakistan and I just think it's really cool and it's really fitting that on the first day where we get to enjoy this space and we get to enjoy our new facility, our first, one of our very first acts is to look outside, is to go beyond us and be generous with what we have and actually look to be a blessing to people that we may never see, we may never meet into a nation that most of us will never go to. It's such a Beautiful thing for us to go. Hey, our first act is to be generous. Let's give away, and uh, so I look forward to that at the end of the service. I've called this message today "Welcome Home." This whole day has been called "Welcome Home," and I want to say a big "Welcome Home" to everybody who is here gathering with us today. Am I on the screens? Hello. Welcome home to our online campus. I know you tried to get on at 9 a.m., but. The internet crashed, and things didn't work, and so you're joining with us here at 11, and so we welcome you online. And all the people listening in on translation, too, welcome to all those people. Um, Our heart is that this will really be a place where people can find a home. Where, where people walk in this place and like, man, I just feel like I've come home. This is just so warm and so welcoming and so inviting. And uh, I get a sense that as we step into this new season for us as a church, it really is a new season. we are going to new service times, we're at a new facility. But it's, like a, it's like a whole new start. And because we're doing a big welcome home, I thought it would be cool to give us a few house rules. But we don't like rules. So let, let's call them cultures of the house. Like, let's make them a little bit more palatable for us this morning. Cultures of the house, as we step into this new season, as we welcome people home, I wanna look at three cultures of the house that we need to cultivate and create. These are three things that are really near and dear to the heart of God. I think they are his call and his heart for every believer. We find them outlined in scripture and I think they're gonna be incredibly important and powerful as we journey forward in this next season for us as a campus here at Elam Botany. And they're found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24. You know Jesus likes coffee because Hebrews. You're welcome for that one. You're welcome, I know, I know. Last week, all of my jo- jokes bombed. <laughs> this week, you're like, so funny. It's because you had coffee, isn't it? It's because there was coffee. All right, it's fixing everything. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25 says this, Now let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The first culture or first first rule, is what I've called a culture of output. A culture of output. The first part of that verse says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Um, la- last year, I started going to a CrossFit gym. You haven't ever heard of CrossFit? There's a, okay. There's, <laughs> okay. So that's an indication of what they're like. So <laughs> CrossFit is like the cult version of a gym. It's like a gym cult. So you could see by the immediate response from someone who goes there what it's like. They're intense. And I, I, last year, I, I got diagnosed with this, uh, this vestibular issue, which is like a balance issue. And one of the things the doctor said was like, Steve, you need to move. If you move, your body will adapt and learn, and it will get better at balance and stuff like that. So I was like, cool, I'm going to go join a, a gym that's really functional and gets me moving and stuff. So I joined this CrossFit gym, right? And uh, it's insane. It's intense. It's a love-hate thing. Like, I hate it when I'm doing it, and I love it when it's over. And it's, But it's a good environment. It's really intense. It's really high velocity, like functional training, lifting weights, and, and running, and burpees, and all kinds. Of, it's, just, it's just intense. Like, and uh, the other day, I got roped into doing my, I, I'm scheduled to do my first ever CrossFit competition. So I'm in a three-man team. One of my teammates is 20 years younger than me. I need your prayers, church. This is going to get intense. And so now we've been having to train a bit more, and there's one of the coaches at the gym, and the coach has psychological issues because he yells at me all the time. You know, pray for this coach. He's just screaming at me. He's yelling at me. And and it's so intense. Like, I get to this point, I'm so fatigued, and I'm so spent, and I'm like, I can't do anymore. And he's yelling at me, one more, one more, keep pushing. Like, he's just screaming at me. I'm like, Jesus' name, come out. Like... issues. He needs a small group. He needs to find freedom from the issues of his life. It takes them out on me. But, but what's crazy is what I've found and discovered is that those moments where I feel like I'm empty and I'm done and I've got no more to give, his, like him being there actually pulls more out of me than I thought I had. It actually causes me to go more, go further, stay longer, lift heavier. Like, it's like, wow, he, it's like him being there is spurring me on to do more than I thought I could do. He's spurring me on to get out of me what I didn't know was in me, because like, if it was on me, I would have quit a long time ago. But with him there, it like pulls more out of the, me than I know. Spurring on is about getting the best out of somebody. Spurring on is about getting out of somebody what they didn't know they had. See, spurring someone on to love and good deeds is about getting out what God has put inside people. And I want this to be a house where we spur each other on to love and good deeds, where we are, we are pulling out of each other the gold, the God moments, the, 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 the anointing and the grace and the gifting and the passion. Like, let's be the kind of church in this house where we go, you know what, you might come this way, but I'm going to pull out of you the good stuff. I'm, I'm going to believe there's more in you than you think there is. Let's make this a place where it's real hard to quit. Like, man, I just walk in this place. I just want to quit. I don't think I can do any more. And you get around this church family, and we go, there's more, buddy. There's more. You can do more. I believe. I believe God's with you. I believe greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. So I'm going to call out the love and the grace and the goodness of God over your life, the potential. Let's make this a place where when you come in here and you don't think you can do any more, you get around a bunch of people that go, you can move. Get's go. Keep taking that step. Keep pushing on towards God in love and goodness deeds a culture of output the second house rule is this a culture of my well, crossfit buddy he's with me i love you listen man here's what i want here's what i'll say if you want to encourage encourage because like don't let other people not encouraging make you feel awkward that you are right make other people feel awkward that they're not that's what i'll say oh, oh, oh. that first service didn't get that Culture of output. Culture, the second one is this, a culture of stay put. says this, the next part of that verse is not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Did you know that there's a difference between gathering and meeting? Growing up, I had a um, friend. As a teenager, I had a friend. He was a friend of a friend that I got quite friendly with, became a friend. I was like, where am I going with that? He was a friend. And I got introduced to him as goat his nickname was goat not greatest of all time he looked like a goat that's why <laughs> he was like this is goat hey goat I can see why <laughs> like unfortunate but <laughs> praise God <laughs> he and uh, for years like three years I, I we got I became friends with them we had mutual friends we hung out went to parties like we, we were friends and I all I knew as was goat and it only dawned on me when I called his house, because this is before cell phones, I had to call his house, his lands, landline, and his mum answered. That I realised I don't know his name. I know him as Goat. I don't even know his last name. So I'm like, she and his mum answers the phone. Hello, I'm like, hello, Mrs. Goat's mum. Is Goat there? And she was like, Adam. It's like Adam. His name's Adam. I'd known this guy for three years, didn't know his name. Proximity doesn't necessarily mean intimacy. Just because you're close to somebody or near somebody doesn't mean you know them. Paul's choice of words here is real interesting. There's a difference between gathering and meeting. He says meet together, not gather together, meet together. Because you can still be in a crowd and be all alone. You can be in a room like this and feel isolated and alone and not know anybody and be disconnected completely. Meeting has a relational component to it. Meeting means I bring something to the table. Meeting is not I'm coming to observe. Meeting is I'm coming to be. And one of the biggest reasons that we've made the changes we've made and the changes with the service times and creating the space and creating the the margin between is that I think for a long time as a church we've been gathering, but now it's time to meet. We've been gathering but now it's time to meet. Come on. In this season, in this next season, as we go for it, house rule. Don't be in a rush. Like, don't be in a rush to just get, get up. No, 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 don't be in a rush. Like, don't stay forever, because we, we gotta, I gotta I gotta eat some lunch too. But commit to a Sunday meeting. Commit to, I'm gonna be here and I'm not gonna just gather, I'm gonna meet. Online, don't just gather, meet. Because there's, going to, there's meeting for you afterwards. There's, there's hangout lounges and there's guest lounges and there's Connect after the online service. Online for you. Don't just come and gather and watch. Come and meet. Take the time to talk to somebody. Meet someone new. Look around the room and see someone who doesn't know somebody and make sure they're welcome. Make sure they feel like they meet somebody. Get in the environment with people get beyond gathering and let's build a culture in this house of meeting. Come on. Culture of stay put. Stay put. And the third thing is this. Team, you can come. A culture of input. Third house rule. A culture of input. Here's the word. Be encouraging. uh, Sorry, encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And to encourage is different to spur on. To spur on is to draw out. To encourage is to put in. Encourage. To place courage in. To spur on is to draw out to encourage is to put in to encourage means you are putting into somebody what they're lacking. Discouragement is pointing out someone's deficiency. If you want to discourage somebody or something, point out the deficiency. That's not good, that's rubbish, that could be better, you do that all the time, that's not right, this church is this, what do you that that that's the perfect way to discourage. Is to point out deficiency. But encouragement is to see the deficiency and meet that need by putting in what's lacking. A couple of years ago, we went to the UK. This is when you could travel overseas, remember that? Those were those are the days. <laughs> remember airplanes? Yeah. <laughs> and those nice little eye masks you used to get on planes, and we've all run short of those. Um, where's the UK and my wife Bex, she's from the UK she's from England and the family football team is the team the mighty Queens Park Rangers yep okay now see there's a reason why none of you know what I'm talking about okay they're a football team you've never heard of them and there's a reason but they're our family football team and uh, they are in the championship and they play their hearts out and they're amazing. And so we go along to a Queen's Park Rangers game. We actually went on to six games, home games. It was the most electric, amazing experience of my life. Like you go to an All Blacks game, All Blacks game, like the electricity of All Blacks game would be 50% of what you get at a standard home game at QPR. It's unbelievable. And so like the crowd are singing, like they have songs that they all know and they just start singing. You're like, where's the lyrics? So, can't see the projector. The tech guy's not pushing the button. Where's the... And they've like chants and they have like things they shout and there's like insults that they throw at the opposition. And I'm like a reserved Kiwi. I'm showing up there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all these people are singing, like random people are hugging me. I'm like, I don't know you, bro. Like back off. <laughs> yeah, we scored a goal, but don't touch me. <laughs> and and like what the crazy thing was, it's like, it was so infectious being around their passion and their energy. And like, it was, it was, in, it put courage in me to find my voice. And so by game two, I'm singing all, I don't know the words, I'm singing all the songs. I'm just singing along. I'm like, I'm learning the chants. I'm throwing insults at the opposition. Get a haircut. Like, I'm just so, like, whatever. I'm just like, I just, and this is, it was so funny. And there's have you ever seen those YouTube videos where um, people go to like turkey farms? And, and they drive past a turkey farm, and they go, and then all the turkeys, like hundreds of them go, like, they, they all respond. If you haven't, you're going to have an awesome afternoon. <laughs> Don't Google right now. I can see you. Wait till I finish the sermon, then go for your life. It's hilarious. If, the, if you find a turkey farm in New Zealand, go. Honestly, it'll be the time of your life. Don't, Rainbow's in, no. Just go there. And drive past they all they all respond, right? Okay, so at QPR, at Queen's Park Rangers, there's this, there's thing. So they call themselves the Rs, Queen's Park Rangers, the Rs. And one of the things they say is like, you are, it's like this, right? And so, and so whenever someone says, you are, everyone responds. It's like human turkeys. It's the best thing. It was like, you R's, you are, like everyone, like the whole. Like, oh, you are. like the whole stadium just erupts. And so I start I, I figured this out. And so whenever there was a quiet moment, I was like, you are, you are like this. I was like, this is awesome. Like going to the bathrooms, just walking by he goes, you are, you are, you are It's the best thing. It's like human turkeys. I was doing it fun. But it was like being in that environment encouraged me. It put courage in me to find my voice and to step out and to have a go and to be part of something. Can I, can I say to you, church, it's not just words that encourage. Like, words do encourage. Your words are going to encourage people. It's going to put courage in people. I have this rule, like, if you think it and it's encouraging, say it. Don't hold on to that. That, that someone else needs that. If you've got an encouraging thought or encouraging, like, for somebody, just don't keep it to yourself. They need it. So give it away. Text it. Write it. Call it. Like, just whatever you want to do. But not just your words encourage, your enthusiasm encourage. Your, your, your praise in this moment encourages. Like when, you, when I come in this place and I see all these people praise, I'm like, I want some of that, I'm in. Like it encourages me to praise. And your amen encourages other people's amen. Your welcome encourages people. Uh, your, your thank you on the door, whatever, it encourages people. Here's one of the most encouraging things you could do for somebody, is share your God's story with somebody. Because when my faith is a little bit lacking or I'm feeling a bit beat up, and I hear someone's miracle story, I hear someone's God story, their testimony, man, it just puts faith back in my heart and it puts in what I was lacking. I had a deficiency and so it puts it in. And so when you go from this place and you go sit out there and you drink coffee, what I wanna encourage every one of you to do is to sit around that table and share your God story with somebody. Because what you're gonna do is you're gonna put encouragement in people and the people that are with you are gonna leave this place fuller than when they walked in. They might come in with a deficiency, might come in with a lack, but they'll leave fuller. Let's make this a house of encouragement. Let's make this a place, not just where we point out the deficiencies, but we see them and we put in what's lacking. House of encouragement. Encourage the dream teamers. They've been here all day. They've been serving. They've been here all week. Encourage them. They're learning. The baristas are learning right now. So there's there's not been like a training. We only got the building on Thursday. So they are learning the machines. One of them broke down. Praise God. Like we're just... We're figuring all this out, so encourage them. If your coffee comes out a bit burnt, say, best coffee I've ever had. (laughs) Yes, I'd love another. (laughs) With your kids' team, they're looking after our ratty little kids, (laughs) like, thank you, you saved my life. Thank you for the hour of peace. For the people on the door, or the people at the guest lounge, or whatever, just say thank you, just encourage them. Encourage the car parkers. Encourage the new people. Encourage the worship team. They've been here all week. They've been here, they're have here first thing in the morning. They're here seven, like before 7 a.m. They're here 6.30 a.m. They're the last ones to leave. They give their heart and soul to everything. The tech guys, they're not professionals. They do their absolute best. Just say thank you. Just encourage them. Just encourage them. Just say, man, you guys are doing an awesome job. If you see there's a deficiency, meet the deficiency by putting in what they need. Don't point it out. Let's make this a house where everybody leaves fuller than when they came in. A house and a culture of input. Output, stay put, input. Welcome home. Welcome home. Come on. Let's pray. Let's pray, church. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. God, that All of this is for your glory. Lord, we do all that we do. We create all that we create for the glory of God. Not for us, not for the glory of man, not for the glory of Elam, but for the glory of God. I pray that this would be a house where your gospel is preached faithfully, where your word is elevated. God, where we encourage and build up and draw out of people all that you have for them. That this would be a place where it's really hard to quit because there are people around us spurring us on to keep going. God, that we would be a a church that doesn't just gather but meets and finds a home and finds community and finds belonging in our meeting together. That this would be a place, God, where we we input to people what we see lacking. That we aren't part of the problem, we're part of the solution. To say, you know what, I'm going to be an encourager in this house. I'm going to be the one that when people come near me, they leave. Fuller than when they showed up. Father, I pray that as we water, your word says we will be watered. Those who refresh others will be refreshed. God, I pray for your blessing to be upon every single person and your blessing on this house. May many, many people come to know you and may many lives be restored. May homes and families be put back together. And God, may people find freedom in you, Jesus. Friends, I want to pray one more prayer this morning, just wave your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow him or maybe you're here today because you're like, man, I just need to get my life right with God. You're not right with God today, but you want to be. The truth is, friends, God loves you. God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all sin. We all fall short of God's standard. And our sin, it separates us from God. And the, payment, the penalty for our sin is death. But God, in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything you and I would do for our sin. He paid the debt. And then He conquered death in the grave, and He rose again to new life. And He extends to every single person, not judgment, not condemnation, but grace. Forgiveness of all your wrong, or your guilt, or your shame, or your wrong forgiven. A brand new life, a brand new start begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God will make you a new person from the inside out. You get to walk into the plans that God has for you. He's got a good plan for your life, friend. And then there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. Friends, if you're here today and you're not right with God, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe you have but you're far away from God, I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. I'll pray this out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I just want you to mean it with everything you've got. This is your prayer, not mine. Are you ready? Just in your heart, just say these words. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old ways. And I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. I choose from this day to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm so proud of you. And I want to invite you to take one little step of faith. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. When I get to three... If you prayed that prayer, I want you to be really brave. Take this little step and put your hand up nice and high. I'm not doing that to embarrass you or stand you up or call you out, nothing like that. All I'll do is I will see you, I'll acknowledge your hand, and you can put it straight back down. This is just a little step of faith. That's all I want you to do. Put some action to your decision. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high right now. Awesome, my man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to my right. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Back here to my left. Yep, I see you, bro. You're now saying, Steve, that's me, that's me, that's me. Awesome. To my right, thank you. God, I thank you so much for the work you're doing here. God, I pray you bless all those who've made this decision today. We honor you for them. We pray you bless them now in Jesus' name. Thank you you for listening to this Elon Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz